Today is Tuesday, September 12, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Archaeologists are unearthing a very well-known biblical site. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. You can email us as well. We'd love to hear from you. Quick Start Podcast at CBN.org. We're getting through the news of the cray each and every weekday morning. Joining me now, Billy Hallowell and Trey Gons Phillips is back. What's up, gentlemen? Happy Tuesday. How's it going? This is just, this week is flying by. It's going well. <laughs> We're already at Tuesday. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great, great week to be here so far, right? I don't know. You know, we'll see how the week unfolds, but yep. so far, it's, I'm glad to be here. So far, yeah. so good. <laughs> and, and glad to have the triumvirate back again. We're going to dive right in on the focus story. Trey, this archaeological dig I mentioned. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's really fascinating. I think it's cool whenever, it, obviously we believe what scripture says because we know it's true, but whenever there's something that just backs up what we already know to be true, it's kind of cool to see to see that unfolding for the world to, to watch. So yeah, excited to dig into that. Definitely. And on the main thing, Billy, you caught up again with Pavi Razadin, who's the a Finnish politician who's been battling in court multiple times now over posting on social media biblical beliefs yeah posting a bible verse from <laughs> romans um and you know it's it's just a crazy crazy case this is her second trial it just concluded and we talked about that trial and really her fears if she is convicted what that actually looks like for religious freedom in finland and beyond yeah definitely important stuff we'll get into all of that and more coming up on the podcast today we're going to start right here though with the news in 90 seconds Governor Glenn Youngkin of Virginia has granted an absolute pardon to Scott Smith. In a statement, Youngkin described Smith as the Loudoun County father who was wrongfully prosecuted and convicted for standing up for his daughter at a 2021 Loudoun County school board meeting after she was sexually assaulted at school. Youngkin added in the statement that in Virginia, parents matter and my resolve to empower parents is unwavering. I'm pleased to grant Scott Smith this pardon. NFL player Demario Davis testified about the goodness of God on Sunday after his daughter survived what he called the worst seizure she ever experienced, encouraging fans facing hard times to lay it before the Lord and trust. Great story of faith there. You can read more about it at cbnnews.com and in the description of this podcast episode. And soldiers and international aid teams continue to search remote mountain towns hit hardest Friday by Morocco's strongest earthquake in more than a century. More than 2,500 people are dead, and that number is expected to rise. CBN's Chris Mitchell will have the latest from Morocco this week on CBN News. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out more over at CBNNews.com. Guys, a lot going on. The earthquake in Morocco, Chris Mitchell's heading there. That is a crazy, crazy scene. And, uh, you know, of course, it's Morocco, and so it doesn't get as much attention over here. But, man, the scenes from there are pretty devastating. Yeah, you know, it's. I, I feel like you see these scenes, and they're, and they're happening during the anniversary week of 9-11, right? And so, you know, you, it just brings you back to... Where do you go when life is unpredictable and, and pain and suffering happen and, and we need to go to God? And I think a lot of people have questions right now, though, right, when these events happen as well. So it just it's heartbreaking when you see numbers like thousands of people 
dying. It's just unimaginable. Yeah, it's it's important, I think. Sometimes it can be overwhelming to listen to these stories or to take in these stories because you feel kind of powerless, like there's nothing really that I can do. But as believers, I think it's important to remember that prayer is our first defense. And it's not like a, I think the world, because of the thoughts and prayers type criticism we've heard from the secular world for so often, it's easy even as a believer to think, well, all I'm doing is praying. There's not really anything I can actually do. All I can do is say a prayer, but there's a lot of power in our prayer, right? That should be our first line of defense, but it's also our most powerful line of defense because it's our our direct line of communication to the, the sovereign God. So yeah, it's definitely important to remember these stories because it gives us ways to pray. Again, this is one I've mentioned multiple times on this podcast for different stories. But for me, when I see stories like this, I'm also reminded we're not granted old age. It's not guaranteed. You don't know when you're going to punch your ticket and when the Lord's going to call you home. You just don't know. You think about that on 9-11. All those people, thousands of people woke up that day not expecting to you know, have it end so horrifically, right? And so obviously we hope and pray for anybody that they don't die in a horrific way like that. But the point is, you just don't know when your last day here on earth is going to be. So we got to make the most of it. Yeah. And and I think that's a daily reminder that we need to have and not getting so consumed by everything that's around us that we take our eyes off the prize that we, like we were talking yesterday, that we're, you know, prepared, that we're on guard, right? All the time as, as believers, that's essential. Yeah. I, there are very few things like tragedy or death, heart, like whatever we're going through, these, these serious issues that reminds us of the um, finite nature of our lives, right? And I think it puts in perspective those things that we always worry about. And we get caught up in all this drama or all these different small intricacies of our lives. And if we aren't right with the Lord, none of that other stuff matters. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. And we're definitely praying for uh, all of those uh, in Morocco. And uh, don't forget to check over at Operation Blessing, ob.org. You can always help and they're helping... Uh, people all over the world in situations like this with with emergency disaster relief. So ob.org, make sure you go there to help out. All right, we are going to head over to the focus story now. And there's some excitement in Israel. This happens every so often. And archaeologists now have unearthed an important biblical site in Jerusalem. So which one is it, Trey? There are so many discoveries happening within the last several years. It just seems like it's one right after the other yeah. after the other, uh, which is cool. It's cool to see that confirmation like we were talking about at the top. But um, so this is something that's actually been a while in, in the, the making. Uh, our uh, Jerusalem uh, Bureau for CBN, they've covered this in the past, that it was happening, that it was beginning to happen. Uh, and now they've finally unearthed, uh, archaeologists have completely unearthed pretty much the entire pool of Siloam, uh, which this is now the first time that it's been seen. So a few of the steps have, have been revealed and have been kind of dug out and, and viewable for a little while now. Uh, but now archaeologists have completely dug out the entire pool. Uh, and this is the first time that the whole thing has been seen in more than 2000 years, uh, which is incredible. And if you're wondering, okay, what's the significance of this pool? The name sounds familiar, but you don't remember the biblical reference. Uh, It's in the New Testament when Jesus is uh, healing the blind man, right? It's on the steps of this pool uh, is where that's believed to have taken place. Um, So yeah, it's, it's an incredibly important 
space uh, for believers, for Christians, uh, because again, it points back to a biblical story that we know is true because it's the written word of God. It's the inspired word of God. But to see, look, this is actually where Jesus was when he did this. That's pretty incredible. And now my dog is excited about it. (laughs) Yeah. Piper piping up there. So what uh, it was, it's kind of crazy that, you know, you know, obviously it's in somewhere in, you know, Israel and the, the surrounding area there, Jerusalem. But it's kind of miraculous that they even knew exactly where to look. So how, how did they find it? So, yeah, I think the discovery of, of this is almost as fascinating as the discovery itself. Like how they got to figuring out where this was is fascinating. So construction actually started in 2004, and it was to repair a large sewage pipe that had burst. And it was in Jerusalem's Temple Mount in the city of David. There were a lot of issues with that. And during that repair... Uh, they started to hear strange scraping noises. They were hitting up against something that was like this. There shouldn't be anything here other than, you know, dirt and these sewage pipes and maybe some rocks or you know, whatever. Uh, so they dug deeper, uh, brought in archaeologists, obviously, once they thought this might be actually something kind of important. Uh, and it, obviously it ended up being these steps that was leading in, that were leading in, are leading into the pool of Siloam. So, yeah, the fact that they discovered it it's at all, uh, a lot of archaeologists are seeing as kind of a miraculous, uh, a miraculous discovery because what are the chances that they would be repairing an issue in the exact spot that yeah. this that this place was? Yeah, and look for those of you who don't know, in Israel they are making a concerted effort to excavate as much as they can because they want to show the history that it right. belonged to the Israelites, and so they find all this incredible stuff. I went on a, I was able to go on sort of a private tour when in the early excavation, like kind of near where the Western Wall is and everything, right there in Old City. And you you see these um, waterways, the you know water channels that I think were the ones that you know King Hezekiah funneled towards Israel to get them water from the hill. It's just incredible. It is incredible if you ever get a chance to go over there and see all of these things that are happening in the Bible. It's it is truly, truly amazing and edifying for your faith. But I want to get back on focus here to what they just found now. And is the public going to have access to this pool of Siloam? Yeah, so that's interesting, too. And I want to mention, if you want to go back and read some of these biblical accounts, uh, you might not remember where they are. They're in John 9. It's like the first 10, 11 verses are really going through this story of when Jesus healed the blind man. And it's actually also mentioned uh, the pool of Siloam itself is mentioned in 2 Kings 20. Uh, So there are several biblical references to uh, the pool of Siloam. Um, As far as when people might be able to visit it, that's something that they're still working on. They're still clearing out everything. They finally have just unearthed the entire thing after being covered, like I said, for 2,000 plus years. But they have said that the goal is soon uh, for it to be open for visitors, people traveling from around the world, uh, and also locals, of course, to be able to go in and actually see these steps, step on some of the steps where Jesus walked, uh, where he performed a miracle. So yeah, the plan is in the near future to have this this holy site essentially open for people to see. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully soon, because it, it really is, it really is stunning to see some of these things in person with your own eyes that you've been reading over the years. So it's great to see all this stuff, mainly for seeing things in the Bible being essentially 
proven and validated for us to see. Yeah. Well, it builds your faith, right? I, I will just say completely sort of off topic, but not. I was reading Isaiah the other day, and when it, he said that Babylon would never be inhabited again, I thought, that's really interesting, right? That's a that's a prophecy that's pretty definitive. It's not like, oh, you're going to be, this, you know, there'll be destruction and you'll come back. And if you look, Babylon is, it's ruined still, right? I mean, it's a, it's a world heritage site. And you think, wow, like the Bible has so much of that. So being able to actually see the history is really faith building. Yeah, sure is. Uh, Trey, appreciate you bringing that one on the podcast today. Thanks. All right, we're going to head over to the main thing now and a Finnish politician who recently faced her second trial for sharing biblical views on sexuality described her legal nightmare as absurd, crazy, and akin to medieval times. Dr. Pavi Razanen joined our own Billy Hallowell for today's main thing. Now, your second trial just recently concluded. You're waiting for the results of that trial. And before we get into what happened in the courtroom, I want to get your reaction to the experience of what that was like to go through. Can you tell us, for those who don't know, a little bit about what you're being accused of? Okay. The whole process started over four years ago when I posted uh, in Twitter post uh, about um, it, it was criticism against my judge who had decided to support the Pride event. And I took uh, a photo from the Bible and I added it to uh, the Twitter update where I uh, questioned the leadership of my church that how is this uh, compatible with uh, uh, the teaching of the church that you are uh, celebrating uh, as pride something which Bible calls sin and shame. After that, police started to investigate uh, the Twitter update. And when it came to public, there became more criminal complaints about an old pamphlet that I had written already 20 years ago, and then there was a radio program. And in fact, I was uh, interrogated over 13 hours by police, which was a very absurd situation because I had just before been uh, um, the Minister of Interior in charge of the police. But then uh, the police... uh, didn't find any crime in my pamphlet and radio program, but the prosecutor general ordered the police to continue the investigation. And then the uh, prosecutor uh, filed up charges against me. Last year, I had uh, the Helsinki District Court trial about these uh, charges, and now uh, and then I, I was acquitted <laughs> from all these charges by an unanimous uh, result, verdict. But the prosecutor uh, decided to appeal to the appellate court. And now we had the second <laughs> second uh, round of uh, trials two days last week. You... You have gone through now, this is four years of this, you know, you've been acquitted, as you said, in the first trial, 
they appeal. You, you've gone through this again. Now, in this second trial, what was most shocking to you? Because I know you heard a lot of things, I'm sure, that were frustrating to hear in that courtroom. But what most surprised you about the prosecutor's take on your case? Of course, it was very painful to be accused of hate speech, of hatred against some people, because because I, I think that uh, these opinions, these views, they do not rise from hatred, uh, but from love, because uh, they are something uh, that is uh, from uh, from what, uh, what 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 is classical Christianity, what is taught in classical Christianity about humanity and and sexuality, and uh, then. The prosecutor once again uh, uh, gave some false statements about what I have said or what I have written. For example, uh, she argued that I had said that some people are inferior to other. <clears throat> and uh, if you speak about sin, then you think that these people are inferior to you. Uh, and um, of course, I have told that uh, I think that all people are equal. We all are sinners. We all are need in in need of grace, what Jesus has given. But uh, the prosecutor was very stubborn with these arguments, even though that the district court had already uh, said that they didn't find such statements in my writings or in my pamphlet. But uh, the prosecutor said that it is not uh, important if it is true or not, but if uh, the interpretation is insulting, then it is criminal. So... <laughs> Can I ask you a question about that? Because it's interesting. <clears throat> it seems like what's happening is they're trying to to act, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they're trying to act as though your interpretation of Scripture is incorrect and is somehow yours, and there's some other interpretation of these issues that is okay, right, that isn't yours. And they're trying to make this this differentiation, which seems very dangerous when it comes to Scripture. I don't know if you want to reflect on that at all, but I'm, you know, what I'm hearing you say is that they're basically saying you you're wrong. What you see the Bible saying is wrong. Yes, it is dangerous. And at first, I think that it is not uh, it is not the court that uh, should decide that what is the right interpretation of the Bible and what is not. <laughs> because uh, I, I think that this kind of discuss, discussions, they shouldn't be in, in secular courts. Uh, that, and and in fact, uh, the Helsinki District Court, uh, in its uh, verdict, said that it is not uh, uh, the court who uh, starts to uh, teach teach about Bible or discuss uh, what is the right interpretation of the Bible. But the prosecutor is very act active in theological uh, discussions. And and uh, she she argues that there are nowadays 
many Protestant churches who accept uh, homosexual marriages and and homosexual relationships, uh, and so and and she she took many uh, passages from the Bible where she wanted to show that there is bad speech in the Bible. So, <laughs> so I I think it, it it was quite it was absurd and it was crazy that. I had to defend uh, the biblical truths and biblical my my interpretation about the Bible, my my uh, faith and my beliefs in front of the judges. It is like in medieval times. <laughs> All right, Billy, thanks for that interview there. I mean, we're going to keep on that story. We're going to see how this plays out, because it's just so important to see. What is happening around the globe and be praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are persecuted for their faith as she clearly was. So appreciate you bringing that. And we have time here on the podcast for one last thing. So we're going to look at Proverbs 17, 22. It says, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. I think such a good reminder when we're dealing with stuff that's that are that are heavy we're dealing with difficult topics all the time it's good to remember where our joy comes from it's not from our current situation it's from the lord yeah and don't you love how there's just so much truths in the statements in proverbs that we can all see I, even joe rogan uh when that oliver anthony went on there and he read a proverb and joe rogan's like that's so awesome that's so totally cool <laughs> you know and, and it's just but it's like it's great it's great that people can have their eyes open by god's truths uh because in proverbs they scream at you pretty much well, yeah it's like hello common sense like most of it is <laughs> yeah. like common sense yeah. don't follow your own heart follow yeah. god right yeah exactly so all right good spot to leave it here on the pod today appreciate y'all being here with us don't forget to get on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise on us, we shall return tomorrow with more. God bless. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. See you tomorrow.